This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 115 of the Dressage Radio Show, brought to you with the generous support of Charles Owen, Equestrian Collections, and Horseshow.com. Chris Stafford and on the show this week is my new co-host JJ Tate and I got to spend time with JJ at the North America Junior Young Rider Championships this past week. JJ, have you recovered? Yes, I'm getting there. It's always uh, not so easy after a week of not riding and watching everyone ride all week, but uh, my horses were in good shape when I got home, so my body is slowly recovering from the shock of riding 10 horses yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back in the tack. And now tell everybody what you were doing. You were coaching, weren't you, at Young Riders? Tell everybody about that. Yep, I've been um, coaching Katie Foster and her chestnut horse named Sacramento. I've been coaching her since she was about 11, and she's 20 this year. So we've gone up the ranks to the juniors and now into the Young Riders. And it's just really exciting to see you know, her really mature into a nice rider and it's been just a fun, fun program. You know, I did the Young Riders, and I just supported 100%. I, I just think it's a great program for for all the different disciplines that we do. I just can't support the program and say enough great things about it. It really is a wonderful program, and, you know, so many rising stars in all those sports. Of course, it's not just dressage, but eventing and jumping and endurance and reining, and I think they're going to add vaulting next year. So it, it is a multidimensional, almost like a, a mini World Equestrian Games for young riders, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, and have just have been, been to the Kentucky Horseback for the WIG. It was fun to sort of be back there with the same, you know, types of rules and regulations and you know it's just great to be able to give these young up-and-coming competitors that same type of experience you know that they can just get used to that type of venue those type of rules you know being able to thank the sponsors when they see them and the press conferences and, and all that it's just there's so much more that goes into it than just riding down centerline which is difficult enough but it's, you know, we had a really tough week with the heat. You know, we had a lot of horses that had to get fluids. And, you know, just all that stuff in the background uh, in the stable area with the, you know, the vet process, all that. It's just so great for them to be able to learn those things so early and just have that be part of their sport as well. And it is a great education for the young riders, too, because we often talk about you know, how important it is for them to spend barn time, JJ, to actually just roll their sleeves up, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> they didn't need any sleeves at, last week in the horse park. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, just to get down and, and, and feel the horse's legs, to understand what's going on in the barn at all times. And the eventers, of course, are, are famous for that. I mean, they're meticulous. Uh, but, you know, the, the dressage kids that's just as important for them to learn every aspect of horse management isn't it absolutely i i just can't say enough about you know managing your horse and being in the barn and being the advocate of your horse's well-being talking to the vets you know i just think it's great to see these kids you know because eventually one day they're going to run their own barns and their own training facilities and their programs and they got to have that education right away from the beginning of you know, what looks good on the legs, how to prevent, 
you know, injuries and, and just all those things that, you know, getting dirty in the barn, so to say, it's like, you've got to be just in it, totally in it, 100%, not just the riding part, because that's only makes up a very small part of it. It certainly does. Well, we're going to hear a lot more about the, what happened at the uh, Adequan North America Junior Young Rider Championships presented by Gotham Nook. We should put a shout out there for, of course, uh, the sponsors uh, and Georgina Bloomberg's uh, company there, who's uh, Georgina's a regular contributor to the Jumping Radio Show, and those how important those sponsors are. And Isabel Liebling, Lieber, who was, of course, the gold medalist in the Young Riders, a fantastic competition for her. She's going to be our young reporter later on in the show. So uh, that's coming up. Looking forward to that. And uh, also Alice Collins is going to report from... On British Dressage, he, of course, is the dressage editor from Horse and Hound, one of our affiliates over there in the UK. And we're also going to have a new segment this starting this week, and that's the US Dressage Federation News. Each month they're going to be uh, coming on the show for 10 minutes to tell us what's happening with the US Dressage Federation. And starting off that segment this week is Jeremy Steinberg. And then we also have a promotion for you about a new show that we've launched here on the Horse Radio Network. So uh, all that to come later on in the show. And uh, J- JJ, I know that you were you were busy, uh, obviously, with the dressage, but I, I noticed um, that, that, that a lot of these young people are also taking the opportunity when they're at Young Riders to watch the other sports. There are the other disciplines that they don't get to see too often, too. Yeah, I would definitely say I heard so much back in the barn about all the raining. And so I think that that's just been really fun, especially for, you know, all the dressage people. You know, we just don't get to see that kind of riding and training and, you know, that much fun in the sport. And so I think, you know, to really sort of change things up, a lot of them were taking their golf carts down to the indoor. Uh, and I don't think it was because it was air conditioning only. I think they, you know, I think they did really want to, you know, share in the sport. And I, I think it's great for raining that, you know, they were included into the WEG and everyone came away loving raining, you know, from there. So I, I'm really excited for that sport to also get, um, you know, more attention. And even the kids, I mean, all my dressage girls were, you know, getting in their golf carts and driving down there to go watch the raining and, you know, I think it was a little bit of a shame that the uh, eventing dressage was not in the main stadium, although the Kentucky Horse Park is so fantastic because it has so many different venues and so many different arenas. But sometimes it becomes a little too big, and, you know, we, we kind of didn't get a chance to be able to see enough of the eventing dressage because it was down by the track. Um, so that, I thought, was a little bit of a shame that they didn't get to be in the stadium and have that same kind of exciting environment that the dressage and the show jumping did. But I think it's terrific that they're going to start, you know, uh, trying to get the vaulting in there. I just think that that, what a great sport for kids, you know. And even if you don't go on to go to the Olympics in vaulting, like that awesome balance that you learn from that and flexibility, I just think that that's really something... Uh, that will be great to have as an up-and-coming sport uh, for the young riders as well. Did you ever have a go at that yourself, JJ? Uh, no, I did not. I am not <laughs> the most. <laughs> I, I we were laughing about that actually. I don't even think there's any way. I think the best I could do is maybe jump on, <laughs> and that's just because I'm tall. <laughs> 
Yeah, it certainly does teach you some gymnastics and to be very agile. And uh, it, it, it is like the gymnastics, you know, the normal gymnastics, you know, that usually are smaller people, have, have not, not too heavy either. I mean, to be jumping up and down two or three high on top of a horse. I did yeah. have a go at it in my very youthful youth, but uh, it, 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 it's good to have a go at each of these things. But I think there's a lot of dressage people, as you know, that won't ever jump. And there's a lot of... Uh, uh, of jumpers that wouldn't do anything else but jump. They wouldn't dream of doing any other discipline. It's interesting, isn't it, how, you know, you find your own way and don't have a go at anything else. Yeah, it is. But I tell you, I mean, we put Cavalettis out for my... And I felt the same way at first. I'm getting more comfortable with it. But, I mean, you know, we always laugh about, like, oh, my God, we put the Cavalettis up for canter. And it's like, oh, my God, it's like I'm jumping. And it's like, oh, it's so sad that... So one year down in Florida, I actually had my bar manager, Amy Boyer, um, teach me some jump lessons because I'm like, I haven't done this since I was a kid. And I just feel like I want to open my mind a little bit about it because I think, you know, true horsemanship and, and good riding is evident in all sports. And so it's sometimes just fun to kind of open your mind and experience something a little bit new. But I definitely think vaulting is probably not on my list because I'll I'll pull something. <laughs> not, not, not this week. And I did learn that you are planning to get married, so we wouldn't want any injuries before the wedding. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, I can't be limping down the aisle. That's for sure. <laughs> no, most definitely not. Play it safe for a while, at least, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get a report from our friends over at Horse and Hound in just a second. But first of all, I want to remind you about one of our valued sponsors here on the Dressage Radio Show. And that, of course, is Charles Owen. And they not only do helmets, but they also have a range of gloves, too. And one of those is the Ruckel Chester, which is a lightweight, close-fitting glove made from Vesta synthetic leather. They provide a sensitive feel on the reins, coupled with an excellent grip, and the material is fast-dyed, which makes it, of course, machine washable. The Ruckel tab fastener across the back of the hand adjusts for a snug individual fit. And the Ruckel Chester is available in white, ivory, black, navy, brown, green, and caramel. And the Ruckel New Ascot Glove is another stylish synthetic leather glove made from PK200 that comes with rain reinforcements and an elasticated wristband, plus a hook and loop fastening tab for adjustability. The back of the glove, glove is breathable, which prevents the buildup of sweat. It's practical and hard-wearing, making it ideal for everyday use. In black and brown, the sizes available there are 5 till 9.5 and, and white in sizes 6 to 10.5. You can check out the gloves and the helmets and all of the other Charles Owen products by visiting their website at charlesowen.co.uk. Well, as I said, our regular contributor here from Horse and Hound, one of our affiliates in the UK, popular magazine there, is Alice Collins. She reports on British dressage here from time to time and uh, she did a roundup with the uh, July competitions that uh, were affected all the British dressage riders and not only in uh, England but also in Europe and I was able to catch up with her the other day so let's hear what she has to say about the state of British dressage. Well Alice welcome back to the show lovely to have our horse and hound con contributions uh, on all things dressage here uh, how, how have you been since we last spoke? Mm, yes very well thank you um, we've been very busy on the British dressage front lots of interesting things to report Yes, you know, as, as we said last time, you know, it really heats up with not least of all because obviously the Olympics too, a lot of focus on that and uh, I'm sure expectations too. But I wanted to begin, we want to talk about how the British riders are faring, but also um, a, a review, if you would, since we're now into August of the um, 
July competitions, the highlights, of course. Aachen's the big one, isn't it? Yep, yep, absolutely. And was the big selection ahead of the announcement for the team for the Euros, which we still haven't had at the moment. Um, and no, yes, apologies, of- apologies to all our listeners in Europe because I thought of Olympics, but of course you've got the big Europeans first. Yes, we have. Um, and so Arkan was sort of thought of as the final test before the selection for the Euros. Um, and uh, Laura Bettelsteimer still managed a score above 80% uh, in the freestyle. But unfortunately, that was only good for fourth place um, because the standard now across the world is so, so high. Um, and your, your very own Stefan Peters is also another fantastic horse that, that showed really well. Um, but yes, Laura said she'd put too much pressure on herself and she had small mistakes in the cur and they just didn't quite present the flowing picture that they can, her and her horse, Mistral Horace. Um, so I think she was a bit disappointed, although, I mean, I'm over the moon that we can have a rider scoring 80% and being disappointed in the UK. I mean, that just right there is extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, as you say, that is, you know, that's worthy of a story in itself, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and of course, one of the highlights for Arkan, although obviously he doesn't have the British flag, was Totalas because he left with three gold medals under his new rider, Matthias Rath. Um, having picked up 43,000 euro in prize money on the way. Yeah, they've got off to a great start, haven't they? I mean, so much pressure yeah, on I them. Think they had some, some teething problems to start with, but every time we see them in competition now, they're looking more and more cemented as a partnership. Um, I, think, I think they'll go far, and he's clearly enjoying getting to know the horse, and, and the horse is a real trier and wants to perform for anybody who's riding him. But, of course, as you know, it takes a long time to build up that partnership to make it perfect. Yes, I'm, I'm sure he will continue to fine-tune their partnership. And, you know, it's still exciting. You know, he's still up there, uh, you know, attracting Absolutely. such an audience. I mean, fans all over the world. I mean, I, you know, he'll soon have his own TV show, that horse. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so apart from Aachen, then, uh, what else happened in the UK in July? Um, we've also had the Heartbreak. Festival of Dressage, which includes the CDI and the Premier League and the Young Horse Championships. And it really did turn into the Michael Eilberg show in the best possible way. Uh, he won eight classes at the show uh, and his sister won one. So that was nine for the Eilbergs. Uh, but the real story of that show uh, has to be Woodlander Farouche, who dominated the Young Horse classes. Um, she once again won and uh, repeated the feat from last year. And since then, actually, uh, last week, she also won the Badminton Young Horse Championships, which is a, a class for mixed four- and five-year-olds. She's the only horse in the history of the, of the whole thing to win it as a four-year-old and come back and defend her title successfully as a five-year-old and, and take it back-to-back. She's really, really something special and will be heading to Verdun at the beginning of August. Oh, for the Young Horse Championships, that's exciting. Yes, yes, and we've got two qualified this year. We've also got China Boy, who's by Chico's Boy, who's owned by Ulrich Molgard and his rider, Henrietta Anderson, so... Yeah, we'll be, be really excited to keep our, our eyes on Verdon next month. Do you get to go there, Alice? Unfortunately, not this year, but I'll be certainly aiming for it next year. Yeah, it, that's a, obviously such a prestigious and important competition. I mean, on both sides of the pond and around the world, because you know, yeah. the breeding Michael of these horses. It. Go ahead. Michael described it as, uh, as the Olympics for young horses, and I really think that that's accurate. Well, it, it, it rather does for the dressage as the, the young horse, the burly young event horse has done for eventing, isn't it? I mean, it, it is the proving ground for these young horses. Yes, yes, absolutely. 
Um, and, you know, it's a big test for them, but Farouche seems to be able to take anything you throw at her. So she's, she's a star. She's a star in England, and she's going to get her own TV show too in England, is she? Uh, I hope so. She's, <laughs> um, yeah, she's actually not just been a star in England, but she went to France uh, this year and won two five-year-old championships over there as well. So it's not just us that think she's great. Ah, so some uh, ammunition there in England, getting ahead ahead of uh, you know these major championships to come. And so Michael obviously has a terrific uh, stable of horses too. I mean, as yeah, far as I mean far- he. He also rides Farouche's mother, Woodland Adorn Roshan, and he took two classes at Hartbury on her with 71 and 73%. Uh, she is an absolutely beautiful mare, long legs, pretty face, and looks like she really, really wants to do the job. Uh, the judges always say it's a pleasure, but they wish that they could ride her instead. That's the only frustration of marking Aww. her. Yeah, um, and he's also got uh, another mare called Half Moon Delphi, who's also by DiMaggio, um, who came out at Inter, one, at Inter 2 sorry, at Hartbury, um, and he took two classes on her, and she's a lovely, lovely horse, and I think that she'll go far. He thinks that she has the makings for a Grand Prix horse. So, yes, he's got a fantastic stable at the moment. Well, we'll have to get Michael here on the show. His dad's been on and his sister, but uh, I think it's time that we got Michael on to hear all about these fantastic horses that he's riding I'm now. I'm sure he'd be delighted. And so <clears throat> Hartbury, of course, is a big competition for you. It's a festival, and Hartbury really has got itself on the map in so many ways, isn't it? Now, what sort of, uh, 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 obviously, attendees would they have, and entries would they have for that competition? Have you any idea of the scale of it? I mean, just to put it in perspective with European well, shows. Well, I was there, and it certainly felt like an international show. Yeah. Sort of flags, shopping, uh, bar. <laughs> All the ingredients were there, and yet good entries, really, really high-quality competition. There was also the paras who were indoors um, at the same time uh, as the other show goes on outdoors. And like I mentioned, the Young Horse Championships, and that's in three age categories, four, five, and six-year-olds, and they're called the Shearwater National Championships. We also have international, but uh, the final for those is at the the National Championships in September. Um, So in the six-year-old section, the winner of that was Rebecca Hughes, with classic Annette Ballerina, who's a six-year-old she bought from Holland last year uh, from the Elite Auction. And uh, uh, Becky Moody took the four-year-old class on a horse called Carincio. And, you know, we're, we're so excited about the strength and the depth that we have in the young horses at the moment in this country. Um, we have really, really exciting prospects. Certainly do, a force to be reckoned with. And when you mention Shearwater sponsors there, we should put a shout out for Jeremy Lawton of Shearwater Insurance, who's been such a great supporter of both eventing and dressage in in the UK uh, and an old friend of mine too. So I think, you know, those sponsors make all the difference. And we see Hexted and what a terrific family of sponsors that they've got there too. That is what yeah. is lifting the game of dressage in the UK, it isn't it? Them. Yeah. It really is. Now, what else is happening uh, in, on your, uh, in, in your corner, in your, on your island? Well, we're uh, looking ahead to Hickstead now, which is actually getting underway at the moment this week. Um, we had the Hickstead semi-finals. Um, Hickstead runs its own league called the Hickstead Dressage Masters. And uh, the semi-finals, the person who stuck out was uh, Leah Beckett with her horse Al Martino. Um, and so she'll be contesting him at the finals this week. And uh, what they do at Hickstead is they run three days of uh, Hickstead Dressage Masters before the main show, which starts at the end of this week. Um, and that's the CDI, so we're all looking forward to seeing 
Adelinda and all, lots and lots of top names coming to Hickford this week. We don't even have to use their last names anymore, do we? But, you know, we, well, we should <laughs> also put a shout out for Dane Rawlings, of course, who's been such a terrific force behind Dressage at Hickstead, hasn't he? Yes, absolutely. I saw him at the Olympic test event and uh, he was he was very excited about this year's show and he's always trying to make it bigger and better and taking elements from European shows to try and just raise his game every year and, and we're, we're very appreciative of that. And we should then obviously segue nicely here into the Olympic test event there down at Greenwich which took place um, just recently in, in early July. Tell us about that and the, the venue there for the dressage. We heard a lot about the eventing from your colleague Pepper Room of course on the eventing yeah. radio show. How did it go for the dressage? Well I must admit I arrived as a Greenwich sceptic. Um, there have been some debates let's say about whether to use Greenwich or not but um, having, having been against it, I visited it for the first time and have to say I was blown away. It's a phenomenal backdrop. It's a beautiful place. And to have equestrianism within the heart of the Games is going to be so, so valuable to us, especially moving forward. You know, every sport needs to fight for its place on the Olympic roster. And I think that London's really going to help to keep equestrianism on the map in that respect. Um, and what we had there in terms of dressage was not a competition. It was more a talk and an explanation about how the format's going to work, how many people per team, which is going to be three per team and one person can ride as an individual, so potentially four people from any nation. Um, and we saw demonstrations from some lovely dressage horses um, riding through the various Grand Prix, um, the Grand Prix specials. And uh, one in, of, of note, who unfortunately does not ride under the British flag, is Anders Dahl, who's based over here. And he has a beautiful horse called Bukowski, who has not been at Grand Prix for very long, but has all the makings of a top international horse. It's absolutely gorgeous. And tell us about the footing for the dressage there. Presumably it's all in the same arena as the jumpers and the eventers. Will it be any different for the dressage? Um, no, it's going to be exactly the same arena, um, and I believe it's going to be even larger, the arena, than the one that uh, that they practiced on at the test event. But the dressage riders didn't have a problem with the footing. I think it was the show jumpers who really found issue with that um, because the dressage riders all said it was a fantastic surface to ride on so uh, I suppose that's going to be one for the manufacturers to battle out <laughs> absolutely well it sounds like you know that the, the whole Greenwich experience was uh, only positive all round um, except for the show jumpers you say they have a little bit of issue with the footing but certainly the setting uh, it seems to yeah. be absolutely yeah. I, I but, but you know this is what a test event is for if everything sure. were perfect then great but the whole point of running a test event is that if there are any snags, then you've got time uh, and you know a way of sorting them out. Um, so so that, that mustn't be overlooked. Absolutely. It is a test in every way. Well, mm. terrific. Now, what else in store for you then, Alice? And uh, apart from Hickstead, and we will catch up with you and, and get a report on that uh, later this month, I hope. You'll come back and tell us how that went because yes, that, no, that is one of your biggest shows of the year, isn't it, of course? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, we're also now coming into regional season. So in the UK, what happens is we have um, affiliated shows all around the country. And through those affiliated shows, you can qualify for the regional championships. And then it's via the regional championships that you can qualify for the national championships. And we are now just coming up into summer regional territory. They're just about to start uh, at the beginning of August. So uh, it's going to be quite frantic regional after regional for the next few weeks um, until the nationals, which come uh, in September. And where are they held? 
at Stoneleigh in Warwickshire. In Warwickshire. There's a, a big okay. park up there. Yeah, and they're, they're held there every year. They're sponsored by Dressage Deluxe. Terrific. All right. Well, of course, you can read all about these competitions at, at Horse and Hound. We'll put a link to uh, Horse and Hound on our show notes, as always, and also how you can subscribe to Horse and Hound. It's a must read. And uh, Alice, uh, you're responsible for penning all the lines when it comes to dressage, aren't you? A lot of them, yeah. A lot of them. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm sure you're going to be keeping busy. Thank you very much for these updates. We'll, we'll catch up with you again in a few weeks' time when uh, you'll have more news of Hickstead and uh, other dressage from the UK. Thank you very much. Well, JJ, British dressage, you know, it never ceases to amaze me, the, the growth and growth of British dressage. I mean, they're really becoming a force to be reckoned with. Look what happened at Hickstead last week with uh, Carl Hester. They've now announced their team for the European Championships. Uh, do, does it surprise you? I mean, because you've been over here watching them, and I know you've spent time in Europe too. You know, I just, again, I just think it's so exciting for other countries to be able to sort of come up against the dominance of the Germans and the and the Dutch. I just it's so exciting to see, you know, the, these top English people that, you know, everyone has spent time in Europe and trained there. And so it is very similar in the systems. But it's just exciting to see, you know, the English dressage just really explode and really become on the top of the sport. It's it's really great. It really is, and I'm going to put a link to uh, the uh, Hickstead results, of course, from the Masters, where Adeline Cornelison won with Parsifal. No surprises there, of course, up in the 80s, she beating Carl, Carl Hester. And uh, with also the team has included uh, two newbies on the on the team for the European Championships. I'll put a link to all of that, not, which, not least of all, Emil Fowry and Emil has not yet been on the Dressage Radio Show, so I'm going to have to talk to him soon, maybe after the European Championship. So that's going to be very competitive this year, isn't it, uh, the, the Europeans out over there in Rotterdam? Don't you wish you were going, JJ? Oh, I, I absolutely do. I mean, I'm always sort of checking the calendar of, like, when would it work to get over there to see this? Because it, it's just great. I mean, we've got interesting riders from all sorts of different countries, and it's it's not just the top few from Germany or the top few in Holland. And it's just great to see top riders and top horses really at such a high level uh, in the world right now. I mean, with Stefan in there and now, you know, Great Britain is really coming up and, you know, Patrick Kittle, you know, there's all these really top riders from all kinds of different places. And it really makes for, you know, exciting, you know, different results, which is exactly what our sport needs because, Nobody wants to come to the horse show and know who's already going to win when they look at the start list. So I just think it's great for our sport that it's starting to make a little bit of a shift that there's top horses in all different countries, you know, ridden by people that are just able to bring this wonderful talent out of these horses. It's just great, great to see. I'm just really thrilled about that. And I just wish I could get over there more often to see this in person. It's hard just watching on the internet. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, you know, we know how good these other rising countries are getting. And as you say, it opens up the sport globally. And, I, you know, interestingly, we have a huge listenership in Australia 
the second largest audience here on the Dressage Radio Show is in Australia, and those regular listeners will know that we often um, have Brett Parbury on and uh, other Australian roads. Brett is a regular co-host uh, when he's in one place long enough for us to do the show because he travels back from <laughs> Australia back and forth to Europe where he has his uh, horses and he's been competing this summer. And very, very popular co-host he is. And it, it's in very in encouraging to see how, how the growth of uh, Australian dressage and New Zealand, but particularly in Australia has just emerged in recent years and and, and and as you know JJ you watch these countries they only have to have one or two really good results and somebody yeah. just stepping up getting closer like Brett did at the World Games and with a fantastic finish there of course and it really yeah. raises the bar and you know the, the demand then is on for them to go around the country giving clinics so it's hard for them yeah. <laughs> you know how that goes yeah and, 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 well, and just, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, it's just so great, you know, that we know Brett hasn't come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? We've seen him. I mean, I remember when I was in Europe, you know, watching him uh, compete at the big shows. And it was just so fun to, to really, you know, it, it always seems kind of funny in this sport that someone's like an overnight sensation. And it's sort of like, yeah, someone who's been working for 20 years this becomes this overnight sensation. But it's it's just so rewarding to see riders that have worked so hard and then climbing up the ladder and then they just finally get some great results at a, at a top show and it just the sport just explodes with uh, you know especially somewhere like Australia it's just exciting for them to be in the sport and you know talk about a commute back and forth I mean that's that's a long way but um, it's just it's just so fun to see it finally that the sport is becoming such higher level of riding all the way around and it's it's great for the for the world and the sport it certainly is and you know i'm mentioning the british team just now there and, and i should have mentioned of course charlotte de jardin who is based with carl hester now there's a name that not many people around the world might have heard uh, too often she's made it onto the team for the european championships uh, obviously not not some not somebody um you know who's been on the team before and i mean she's just made a meteoric rise really i mean she was third at um at Hickstead recently with the 78 i believe it was and you know we've heard of emma hindle we've heard of carl hester you know we've heard of laura beckelsheimer of course she's the other member of the team but charlotte yeah. is going to be someone new to uh, everybody and uh, we want to wish her the best of luck i have to get her on the on the t on the show before much longer and maybe after the Europeans um, along with Carl and uh, it, she is a pupil of Carl and as you said you're talking about the, these people just don't appear overnight they may just come into the limelight relatively overnight or it's perceived to be but she has made a meteoric rise and it, it is exciting new stars to and the I, sport. yeah and I think what's so special I was reading in the Chronicle I, I thought what was so special about that story is that she's been riding with Carl, and, you know, he was really forward in to say that, you know, he was given a chance one time in his life, and now he wants to sort of pass that same opportunity on to somebody talent that he knows has worked hard and, you know, has worked with him. And I just thought that was really special that, you know, here's a top rider himself sort of mentoring and bringing along another top rider who just deserved an opportunity and it was just great to see her succeed uh and really you know take the bull by the horns in this situation and just really go for it and and be successful and just it's just great that there's such camaraderie there i just 
itself that was really special. It's good sportsmanship, isn't it? Yeah, and, and good for the sport. You know, it's good for their country. And someone to be, you know, not real selfish about, you know, Carl's fantastic. And, you know, he's had lots of terrific success. And for him to be able to sort of pass it on to an up-and-comer, I just thought that was really terrific and and just great for just the energy of the whole team, you know, for them. I just thought that was real great. Yeah, and it's got to be thrilling for, for Charlotte, of course, to make it onto the t- onto the team for the first time. Wow. European Championships in Rotterdam coming up in very shortly. And, and, you know, they've got obviously a very competitive team there with Carl and with Emile and not least of all, of course, with Laura, who has, you know, everybody's yeah. darling and probably one of the favourites to take on the, the Dutch and the Germans. Uh, so it's really, really exciting for British dressage. And as an expat, I, I, I wish them well. Since it's the Europeans, you know, I can wish them the best of luck. If it was the Worlds or the Olympics, it, you know, it would have to be sprinkled with the uh, dual loyalty, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. All right. Well, that's great. We'll put a link, as I said, to what happened at Hickstead at the World Dressage Masters and, of course, to British Dressage as well. So you can catch up with uh, more news about British Dressage. And thanks again to Alice Collins from Horse and Hound. We look forward to their continuing reports here on the Dressage Radio Show. Well, we're also going to get another young reporter, our first young reporter. I'm excited about this young reporter, as you know, JJ, and this new role I'm giving young people on all of my shows to, to report on their shows or events around the country, or indeed around the world. And I hope when you listen to Isabel, you'll be inspired to write to me and uh, tell me you want to come on and report about your show. So we're going to hear from Isabel in just a second, but not before I remind you about one of our other valued sponsors here on the Dressage Radio Show, and that, of course, is Equestrian Collections. And if you're shopping for a young rider, Equestrian Collections gives you the best choice of riding apparel. They do equestrian footwear, themed gifts, riding helmets, and safety gear for young riders of any equestrian website in the world. They are the best. Great everyday promotional prices, too, with an enormous selection. You can get all of those, uh, everything you need, in fact, from Equestrian Collections for your young riders from head to toe in their young rider department and also in their horse department. So go to equestriancollections.com at any time. They're open 24-7, and so you can always fit it into your busy schedule, and you can check out all of their products at equestriancollections.com. And I should remind you that Equestrian Collections is a participating retailer of the Horse World Gives Back campaign. Don't forget to check out that website too at horseworldgivesback.com. Well, as I said, uh, JJ, I did manage to catch up with Isabel Lieber, who, of course, was our gold medalist, young rider gold medalist. And she was excited to be coming on the show to bring her report as a part of our Young Reporter series. That's just great. She just did. She had a super show, and she's a terrific up-and-coming rider. And I, I just can't wait to hear what she has to say. Welcome back to the show, Isabel, and congratulations. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me on. Um, wow, I mean, it's such. I'm still speechless from young from my first experience of young riders. Um, you know, going there being uh, just 16, uh, my first young rider year, and my first year at the championships. In, it was first, you know, it was very surprising, the whole atmosphere. It's like a mini Olympics, kind of feels like, and to sort of have all the teams there, all the kids and the chefs. And it's so, you know, even though we're, uh, we range from 14 to 21, it's like having hundreds of little professionals there all wanting to support their team and all vying for success and all wanting those three, either, either one of the three spots on the podium. 
Um, as far as my first impressions, um, coming to the horse park, I mean, being there uh, in September for the WAG was just, uh, you know, it was an amazing experience to be there for the WAG, but to come back and to compete in the, in the same stadium and the same and be on the, just on the same grounds where Stefan was, you know, bronze and in a very long time for the U.S., and it was just really inspiring and where just the great riders all came together to show their skills and to be able to come again and ride in that same ring under the lights, especially Saturday night for the freestyles, was so inspiring. And it was really it was really energizing, I think, for all of the riders there because, um, you know, to just to compete in the same venue and to sort of consider yourself part of the international scene is really inspiring and makes you ride better and makes you a little bit more professional and a little bit um, a little bit tougher for the game and ready for uh, a spot on the podium. And um, let's see. Uh, this week I saw just, you know, I, I, was, I was a competitor myself, but um, uh, since I only had one horse and I was doing my, after I would take care of my horse, I'd try and get out and see as much as I could of all the sports, but especially my own. Um I saw some amazing riding from everyone, from juniors to young riders. And, of course, I have to give my hat off to my um, my competitors in the young riders. Uh, Brandy Roenick, who rode Pretty Lady, she is from Arizona, representing Region 5, and she rode amazing this weekend. Uh, Chase Hickok, who is from Region 1, who I've known for a couple years now, who rides with Cesar, she rode amazing. Um Mackenzie Pooley, which was a great story on her um, her 20-year-old horse, Yankara, from California. And this was her, her freestyle Saturday night when she came in bronze. That was her last uh, her last ride ever on that horse because her horse is going to be retired. And they just had a beautiful ride and a really good weekend. And it was really nice to see them finish on such a good note. And um, the teams like Canada, Canada finished silver in the team competition. They had a great showing. Region 5, Brandy Roenick's team, along with uh, with several other. I think Madeline Birch was on um, was on Region 5 team with a, her beautiful chestnut, and um, they had a they had a great team day. Uh, they just pulled in a, a ton of consistent scores, all all in the 60s. Um, I think the yeah top the top three were in the high 60s, super competitive. And um, my team, Region 8, was. Uh, we ended up being the Team Bronze, which is great, after because um, Region 8 hasn't medaled in a couple of years. So, um, and it, of course, it was even better when uh, Region 8 juniors. We had a we had a great team of juniors. Uh, we had uh, Katie Koch and Yanni Gray, um, Sierra Kaminsky, and Rachel Chwanek, and they all rode their hearts out and they worked so hard for a close finish to get the bronze and. They, they squeezed every bit out of their team test for the juniors to get that, and they worked really hard. So that was that was fun to watch when we when our young rider class was done. We and uh, of course we all and we all cheered each other on, and it was great. Just the the team spirit this week was really great, and especially just being on like this is my first experience being on a team, and. Um, and you know, after so many years where you you go by yourself to competitions, and you you have your own team for you you have like your individual team. You have your whether it be your groom or your trainer, or your parents. But this is it's a real team experience that prepares you for Pan Am or uh, Olympics and 
to really just experience team spirit for the first time was amazing and how excited we were when our when we found out the our young rider team and our junior team got bronze and it was just it was like the the energy was it was ecstatic and it was so cool from what i experienced um first of all we had some great team members for region 8 um, we had Maddie Vensley, Ali Potaski, and Marley O'Neill and myself on the Young Rider team. And uh, for the juniors, we had Rachel Chalanek, we had Sierra Kaminsky, Katie Koch, and um, and uh, Yanni Gray. And it was just amazing for all of us to be together and, and represent New England and for us to, all of us to take home a bronze medal in both divisions. And uh, I have to thank Amy Morris for that, uh, our team chef. She was a great influence on us the whole week. She kept us in line and kept us focused and uh, always informed us about what the latest was, whether it was the schedule down at the ring or the situation with um, the horses in the warm-up or whatever information we needed, she had it for us, and that was great, and she was a big part of our success. And um, I saw that in the other teams as well. The other teams, they um, they were, you know, the team spirit, uh, whether you were in the stadium or the barn, it was uh it was very electric, very ecstatic, um, especially Region 5 for the Young Riders, who won uh, the gold medal. And, I mean, they won the team score for the Young Riders. I don't I don't know for the juniors, but for the Young Riders, it was very close. Um, the Young Rider gold score was 198. Uh, Canada, who won silver, was 197. And our Region 8 team was 196. It was uh, point, just, you know, little points away. And the, the team, it was very close. And... It was great competition, and uh, I don't know the exact scores for the uh, juniors, but I do know that some of my friends from Region 1 uh, were the winners of the gold medal, and I have to congratulate them because they're wonderful girls, and they rode really well this weekend. And um, just the whole, the, whole, um, the whole essence of team spirit throughout the weekend was, was great, and as, a, as someone who has never been to Young Riders before, and this is my first team experience, uh, after riding for myself as an individual for years, it was um, it was really special to ride on a team and to sort of be part of the whole team experience and cheer on your cheer on your teammates and uh, even when the team competition is over and you're just out for individual medals, we were uh, we also cheered on um, our teammates for our for the individual medals and we we're there for every ride and it was we became a family by the end of the week even though we lived in different states, because New England's big, and um, there are girls from New Hampshire and Rhode Island or Massachusetts, different parts of, just different parts of Connecticut. We're all sort of spaced out in the region, but we all came together for this event, and it was really special. And, um, and you know, Saturday night, too, the freestyles, which were taking place um, at night, they were supposed to be during the day, but because of the severe uh, rain and thunder and lightning, they were held at night. You could see uh, whichever one of the region's uh, team members made the top 15, they were all there uh, cheering each other on and making sure that they had as much support as they as they needed. And it was really special to see. And, it's just, you know, when you have that little extra support from your team members, it just makes it all special. And um, it's truly a wonderful experience. And uh, I think finally, what I'd like to say about the my young rider experience is um, just the fact that no matter what discipline all of us did, whether it was jumping or reining or endurance or dressage, uh, anything, we all 
you know, uh, at the closing ceremonies, we all sort of talked to each other for a while. We ventured out of our own disciplines and went to go learn new tricks from other discipline riders. And we talked to rainers or jumpers or anything about, hey, you know, how'd you do this? Or um, what, what's the, what makes the, what, what made you win that gold medal today in the jump off? Or um, how did you do that spin in the raining uh, pattern? Like, just, just for fun and to see what everyone else to get to know everyone else's discipline because it's it's so it's only once a year when we get to venture out and have all these sports together as young riders and um, to be able to learn from each other uh, as common equestrians is it's a really special event and I'm really I'm, I was it was really special for me to get to watch all the disciplines and to learn from each one of them and to be able to make new friends and um, establish even stronger friendships within your own discipline because we get to become a really close team even though we're all competing for uh, the same spot on the podium we uh, we become a family we become supportive of each other and I think it's it's a wonderful program and I'm I really hope that the young rider um, championships and the whole and everything that they do for us um, as young professionals I hope it continues as as long as it can because it's it gave me such a great experience this year, and I hope to come back next year um, and years after that until I age out. And I hope that someone coming up who's um, maybe 13 now or 15 or whatever, a year before they can jump into competition, I hope it inspires them to come and, and compete too. And, you know, just to qualify is a huge accomplishment and to come and just have fun and to watch some disciplines and try your hardest and to compete in the in a venue like the Kentucky Horse Park where the WEG riders came is really special and um, and I hope it continues as long as I can and thank you for having me on to share this experience. Well, thank you, Isabel. That's a terrific report and I really appreciate you uh, telling us all about it and your experiences. Uh, fantastic and congratulations again. I hope you'll come back. You must be... I mean, that, that will be a whole new uh, challenge, won't it, to come back as the defending champion next year, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully, or we'll see how uh, Watson is, and we'll see how the year goes, and I hope to come back uh, as many times as I can, because I think it's a wonderful experience. Wonderful. Well well done, and good luck with the uh, your competition schedule upcoming, and uh, you know, come and visit us anytime here on the Dressage Radio Show. Thanks very much, Chris. Well, that is so exciting. I can't believe that Isabel's just 16 years of age. Uh, Isabel, you're going to get tired of me saying that. But, you know, it, what an inspiration she is for young people after what she's done and where she's going. And obviously ambitious. She's heading off to Gladstone. You know, you seniors, seniors are just going to have to look out, you know. <laughs> for sure. The fact that she's only 16 is just incredible. She's so focused and and sharp about her riding and you can just tell she's a real seasoned competitor even at such a young age and her freestyle was just fantastic i mean she was sort of a, a shining star through the whole week but really her freestyle just hands down just was really really top really top work and uh, as everybody knows who's been following the uh, Attica North America Junior Young Rider Championships of the Dressage, at least for the, for the, junior, the Young Rider Freestyle and Junior, that really got uh, held up, didn't it, on that uh, Saturday evening. It should have been Saturday tea time, as we would say, but it finished up being put forward into the evening because of torrential thunderstorms that came through the Kentucky Horse Park. We, 
we had some terrible weather, but you know, in some ways I was glad it was overcast and a little bit cooler for the cross-country horses that went in the morning. Um, during the whole week, we shifted everything earlier and earlier. The ride started at 7. Um, you know, everything we just tried to get out of the heat of the day. And then, of course, on Saturday, our freestyles uh, for the juniors started at 1 o'clock. And then for the young riders, it was to start at 4.30. And I think we probably had three more juniors left to go. And, you know, we were kind of sitting there looking at these clouds, you know, hearing this thunder that was, like, shaking the stadium. And we're like, I think I need to call this show. Like, we need to stop. And one of the poor <laughs> girls, I can't remember who it was, but she's, like, totally soaked. And circling around the outside of the ring and they finally called it and then just the skies opened up and it's just terrific footing there at, at the Kentucky horse park. I mean, this, there was not one puddle and it rained. We had like, we, everyone took cover in the tents and we're trying to dig the trenches out and it's like a river runs through it. I mean, the stabling didn't flood, but they had had already prepared by digging these trenches and the water, it's like it was just a river running through. It was unbelievable, unbelievable weather. And so then we lost power. I guess the whole county lost power. So now we don't know, you know, we can now ride because the sun came back out, but we don't have any power to be able to play the music. So <laughs> it became like this crazy thing of like, is this going to happen? And uh, but it all ended up working out. We got all the rides done before the sun went down, so it uh, it all came together at the end. But it was probably at least two hour, probably a two hour delay. So it was definitely uh, a lot of us standing around wondering <laughs> what's going to happen next. I know it really is pretty exciting there in the horse park, and it it, do, it does, I'm afraid, get that way. You you're used to it if you live here, but it is pretty dramatic for a, a competition, and it can hold things up. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was pretty spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, congratulations again to Isabel and all of the junior and young riders. A fantastic uh, competition for them, very exciting prospects, and we'll put links, of course, on our show notes to the full results from the Adequan North America Junior Young Rider Championships presented by Gotham North and, North and held in the Kentucky Horse Park. Well, you know, we've got uh, a couple more things to do before we finish the show up uh, JJ this week, but I just want to remind everybody about a brand new sponsor we have here at, at the Horse Radio Network, and we're delighted to welcome Horseshow.com. At Horseshow.com, you can now compete online just like you were at a regular horse show. You can get judged by the top judges and get the judges' comments. Just upload your home video and enter a class online at Horseshow.com. It's a simple and economic way for you to compete with your horse from home. It's also a great way to prepare for your next show or to track your progress during the off-season. Horseshow.com features real horse shows from multiple breeds and disciplines. They're judged by nationally accredited judges. So don't wait. Upload, enter and win at any time at Horseshow.com. Is that something you've discovered JJ, this horseshow.com? You know, I have not used it personally, but I do have to, you know, say a big thank you to horseshow.com because um, the Region 2 team for the dressage, Young Riders, uh, where Katie Foster uh, was my student and uh, rides for Region 2, they actually offered, horseshow.com offered a $2,500 scholarship or sponsorship to the team that all had to upload their videos. And then as a team, you know, they were judged and whoever had the highest uh, amount, then, of course, 
you know, won the scholarship. So we were really proud of the Region 2 girls. You know, everybody cooperated great and got their videos in, and they came home as the winners. So it was really terrific to help pay, you know, the way for the entries and the hotel, and it was just really generous of Horseshow.com, and I just think that that's genius, you know. I mean, everyone has access to the Internet, and everyone can really get a video camera. And so it's nice to be able to, without, you know, all the stress and the expense of actually going to the horror show, you can just kind of, you know, rate your progress and see, how am I doing? What does this look like? And these are judges. We had Natalie Lamping, who's, you know, a, a terrific, you know, judge and, you know, high-level judge. She's judges all around the Florida circuit. And so it was great to get that kind of feedback. Uh, from someone with that kind of eye and experience, you know, really basically from the comfort of your own stable. I just think it's a great idea. And saves on gas, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> saves on about everything, I tell you. Really? A great <laughs> idea. All right. Well, thanks to our new sponsors here, horseshow.com. As I mentioned, we have a brand new segment this week from the U.S. Dressage Federation, who are going to be coming on regularly each month and bringing us news of what's happening in their world. And we're starting off that new segment this week by uh, welcoming Jeremy Steinberg to the show, and uh, he's going to give us a report this week. Jeremy, welcome to the Dressage Radio Show and uh, bringing us our, the first of, as I said, of our week, uh, monthly updates from the U.S. Dressage Federation. But you're fresh from the uh, Attica North America Junior Young Rider Championship, so uh, you've had a pretty uh, busy week, haven't you, immersed in the Young Rider program? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, I just got home uh, about two days ago from uh, maybe about a week uh, at the Young Rider Championships with them and kind of just uh, overseeing what's going on and how everybody's doing and the talent across the country. Yeah. Well, explain to everyone what your role is, because you have a, an official role um, with the, these young people. Explain exactly what you do and what, what the USDF is doing with the Young Rider programs and the clinics that you're giving. Yeah, I, you know, my role right now is pretty multifaceted and very uh, flexible, I think, as far as what's going to be happening over the next couple of years uh, with the USCF youth coach position. Um, USCF brought me on last year uh, toward the end of the year, and we've been kind of talking for the last, you know, six, eight months about how to shape and mold what we want to do with the um, all of the various, you know, junior, young rider, pony kind of youth programs throughout the country over the next few years and um, has luckily, you know, given me a lot of leeway and room to kind of run and take things with. So um, that's been, you know, really good on on that end. And uh, pretty much when I started with USEF, USDF got uh, very involved. I think it was something that um, USDF and USEF wanted to start to do more and more joint ventures together. And I think the you know this the youth coach and the young riders were a perfect place to start to kind of really meld um, you know the educational and developmental end that USDF does with the actual performance and that USEF is more uh, involved in. Um, so it's been kind of a really good I, I think it's been a great thing for the young riders and a great thing I think just for the relations between USDF and USEF and really promoting. Uh, the two organizations working together and creating more new programs at various levels. Even though we're starting with the Young Riders right now, I think it's going to kind of keep leading on to more and more educational things at various levels, like the USDF Symposium at the end of this year in December that um, 
USDF asked the USEF, the four national coaches for USEF, to actually teach and be a part of. So it's kind of off to a great start with all of that, I think. And uh, tell us about the clinics, too, that you're involved with. So USDF has been so far, you know, just a huge, huge advocate over the last, um, boy, if I had to guess, probably... I mean, they, they have to be maybe pushing about 20 years now, 15, 20 years that they've been involved with young riders and doing um, young rider clinics. Um, I think, you know, the original series started maybe with Conrad Schumacher back in the early 90s. Um, it might have even been late 80s, I think maybe early 90s. Um, and with USDF, they, they approached both USDF and myself and asked if, um, they, you know, we would be interested in being involved with their young rider clinics that are already kind of a success and up and running. Um, and USDF has then, in doing so, been a huge advocate of uh, both myself, you know, being involved with the young rider program that they have going, um, and with USEF kind of helping and stepping in to get some of those clinics taught. So um, we went through the process of getting uh, myself approved for, you know, basic USDF use as far as one of their uh, junior young rider clinics, as far as one of the clinicians go, and um, has kind of plugged me into various clinics uh, already a couple of times this year for clinics that uh, there's, I think, four or five people that are um, right now available for the junior young rider series of clinics. Um, I believe Sue Blinks, George Williams, Kathy Connolly, uh, Jan Abling and myself, and there's been a couple so far this year that uh, other people weren't able to teach for those weekends and asked me if I would do it, um, and I did one of them, and it turned out to be kind of just a, a great success as far as the partnership uh, between USEF and USDF and myself and the kids. I love teaching the clinics, and uh, I think more and more people have now applied in various regions to have me come out to do their young rider clinics through USDF, so as far as the USEF youth coach position, USDF has been a huge, huge supporter and really got the whole kind of ball, you know, rolling and started because of their educational stance that they take, you know, with everything that they do. It seemed like a really natural, easy fit to just plug me into those clinics and get the youth coach position up and running and started. So they've been a fantastic help and kind of springboard to get that going. And you mentioned the symposium later in the year. Of course, we've got uh, Lilo 4 coming on next month for the USDF segment. And uh, that, of course, is the main focus for educational purposes, the symposium each yep. year. Yeah. Yeah, USDF is a huge, huge advocate of, of education, obviously. And I think a lot of people, you know, you hear the two organizations, USDF and USEF, and um, not everybody really kind of understands the difference in what one's doing versus what the other one's doing. And the more I'm involved now over the last year kind of closely with the two organizations, you know, they, they have two very, very different roles in what they do. And um, USDF's whole goal is whether it's, you know, adult amateur education or junior young rider education, judge training, trainer certification, uh, certification, um, they're very active and very aggressive in a good way about getting information out, getting people educated, and, and making educational opportunities available to everybody throughout the country at, at any level that they're kind of working or competing or, or um, you know, in, in the business at. And the, the USDF convention, you know, happens every year in December, and they run a, 
two or kind of three-day symposium along with it. And I think in years past, they've done a lot of different types of instructors. Um, Kara Kirkland's done, I know, pretty sure Debbie McDonald's taught it. Um, uh, just tons and tons of various people have, have come in and, and taught it before. And it's one of those opportunities where, um, you know, it's it's in this big open forum that's more or less open to the entire general public. A lot of people are already at the USDF convention for other um, duties and things that they are doing, you know, with USDF for that that week as far as meetings and stuff. So it's a really good venue to have a huge amount of people throughout the country in one spot and be able to kind of give them, you know, in this case, especially with the USEF coaches, a showcase of um, what we're doing and what we want to see the country doing over the next couple of years with the system that we're working on and creating at USEF. So I think this year's symposium will be a, a, a great one just for the general public to kind of get involved and see how the four different USEF coaches, myself as the youth coach, Scott Hassler as the young horse coach, uh, Debbie McDonald as the developing coach, and uh, Ann Gribbins as kind of the, the high-performance senior coach. Terrific. Well, we'll learn more about that as we go forwards over the next months with the new monthly segment here for the U.S. Dressage Federation. Thank you very much for this month's version, Jeremy, and uh, for joining us on the Dressage Radio Show. You got it. Thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate it. Well, our thanks again to the U.S. Dressage Federation. Don't forget our, uh, their website is usdf.org. Go and check out everything that they do in terms of education and opportunities and registration. You can find out lots more on their website and uh, our monthly uh, sorry our weekly segment which uh, we dropped off the show last week because last week's episode was different to anything else you'll hear on the dressage radio show (laughs) we're back to normal programming this week and that that includes our weekly segment called words of wisdom academic equitation its aims The first aim of academic equitation is to restore to the mounted horse the gracefulness of attitudes and movement which he possessed when he was free, but which becomes marred by the weight and interference of the rider. To the solely utilitarian education which he has received in order to become serviceable, it adds in the first place, in the exercises of the low school, gymnastics intended to re-establish the regularity of his gaits and the straightness of his deportment. It claims thereafter, in the words of Newcastle, to improve on nature by the subtlety of art. It then subjects the horse to the progressive lessons of an aesthetic education destined to develop the rhythm and harmony of his movements, so that they are brought to a degree of stylized perfection which will gradually transform them into the heirs of the high school, though their essential characteristics are scrupulously respected. Equestrian art, thus, is akin to choreographic art, and the high school to classical dancing. This extract is taken from Academic Equitation by General de Carpentry, published by Trafalgar Square in 2001 and first published in 1949. Well, I know you've been enjoying those words of wisdom, so I'll look for some more for you. And, of course, that segment is on all of my three shows. And uh, I want to tell you now about a brand-new show that we've added to the 
Horse Radio Network stable, and that is the Driving Radio Show. We have a brand new co-host that I'd like to welcome to the show and who's co-hosting with Glenn over at drivingradio.com, and that is Wendy Ying. So let's hear from Wendy and what uh, they're going to bring to this brand new show. Oh, Wendy, a big welcome to the Horse Radio Network, and congratulations on coming out of the starting gate with this brand new show, Driving. And welcome to the family, first of all. Oh, well, thank you very much, Chris. It's been a wonderful experience. It's my first time on radio, and um, it's been a steep learning curve, but it's been very exciting and fun. Well, driving, of course, is what you know so much about and, and probably your first passion in life. We shouldn't, obviously, your husband aside, but... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but he also drives. So. so Yes, exactly. So tell us what we can expect with this driving radio show. Oh, well, the driving radio show has a little something for everyone because, as you know, in driving, um, besides the competition aspect, there's lots of fun uh, aspects of driving. There are lots of people who don't compete at all in driving. Sometimes you, they just hook up and go down the road. There's lots of picnic drives. Um, there uh, are lots of people that do parades or do demos with 40 horses or drive a stagecoach. Um, I'm sure you know Sammy Joe. Uh, she's kind of famous on the Drive Radio Show, but she drives a donkey, a water buffalo and a horse uh not all together but oh, you know good. there's I'm glad you reassured us about that <laughs> yeah maybe i can talk her into doing a tandem with the water buffalo and the zebra that would but be fun. <laughs> but there's a little bit of something for everyone and um you know the great thing about driving is uh you know i also ride but none of my family is horsey so with the driving what i found is that um you know my non-horsey relatives and friends can come out and enjoy the horses with me without having to know anything about horses so i think it appeals to a wide audience of people and of course you don't have to drive to enjoy driving you can take them for a drive whereas you couldn't probably take them for a ride if they don't ride it's yeah, a very it's social so event isn't it it's very social and um it's a great way like to see a beautiful farm or a lot of times uh for picnic drives they'll have these big mansions or estates open for a day of driving and it's a wonderful way to see something like that or a beautiful park there's no better way to see it than being in a carriage or on a horse so yeah and of course there's so much tradition with it so you'll probably be, be addressing all those issues you know from from uh, how to get started driving to the competitions the events that are around the country and also uh, of course what you need to get started the traditions and the traditional events of course there are some wonderfully traditional events and there's so much heritage with driving right. isn't there yeah, and our, you know, our first guest on the show was David Saunders, who worked for Prince Philip. And, um, you know, you can't get more traditional than that. He worked in the Royal Muse for years and years. And um, also, there's a huge carriage collection in Florida, which is uh, Gloria Austin's uh, carriage museum. And she'll be on the show a couple times talking about her carriages. She has a beautiful collection. And uh, also, she loves the history of the carriages, so that's another aspect that we'll touch on. And and, and as you said, there, there are so many so so many events around the country as well. So, how are you going to decide which events you are you are you going to cover the events that you attend, Wendy, or are you going to have people also calling in to tell uh, tell you about the uh, competitions around the world? Of course, because we're yeah. in the world. 
Yeah, we do cover the world. And actually, um, uh, I actually am going with a friend of mine to the Pony World Championships. Um, she's competing, and that's going to be in Slovenia um, at the end of September. So I'll be doing the show calling in from there. But uh, we are fortunate enough to have the American Driving Society as one of our sponsors. And they come on every week and they talk about what's going on in the country for shows. And they, she talks about uh, – it's Susie Coos Aker, who's the director of driving, talks about the pleasure shows and the combined driving and the different events going on um, all over the country. So, Well, of course, Stafford's a pretty good name in driving too, isn't it, with the – Oh, yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. And uh, she also will probably be going to the Pony World Championships. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, uh, yet another one. Goodness knows how many she's done, Susie. I mean, she's just yeah. red hot and she's always got something, hasn't she? Yeah. Our, our, pony, our pony team this year is really, really strong. So uh, it's going to be very exciting because there's uh, like Randy was a gold medalist. Randy Cadwell was a gold medalist with the pair. And Shelly... Uh, uh, Temple always does very well in international competition in the dressage. And Susie was, um, you know, a gold medalist with the Welsh Pony Bouncer. Right. And and then Lisa Stroud and uh, Lori Astagiano, who is, um, she's French and she, she, or she's American, but she lives in France. So yes. she's used to competing in, in competition there. Because uh, as you know, it's a pretty big jump when you go over there to international competition for us Americans. But I think our pony team has a really good chance this year. Always pretty hot. Well, good luck to all of them. And now you are co-hosting, co-hosting with uh, Glenn, aren't you? Who, uh, so you probably have a bit of fun on that already. Oh, we have tons of fun. You know, <laughs> Glenn and I sometimes have to rein ourselves in because um, well, one of the, my little segments on the show is about traditional Chinese medicine. And so right now I'm covering the different elements and their personalities. And Glenn and I are both fires, meaning like we love to talk and we go on forever. Like sometimes we have to stop ourselves because we need to let the guests talk a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm sure it will be a lot of fun and you'll be covering every aspect of driving, carriage driving that is, from pleasure to competition and everything in between. And we'll look forward to that. We, you can find you on uh, drivingradio.com and, of course, another podcast, as always, or, as all of our Horse Radio Network shows are available on iTunes. So what have you got coming up on the next issue? You are a weekly, we should point out. So what's next for yeah. us? When? So uh, our next show, which is comes out on uh, Tuesday, is um, uh, we talk to a guy that drives the Wells Fargo stagecoach and also drove a team of 40 horses, which is pretty exciting. He drove across country with a team of, uh, I think, a six. And we also have Sammy Joe, who drives the zebras. And um, so that's pretty exciting. I'm really excited about that show. Well, absolutely. A lot of fun. We look forward to that. Thank you for coming on. The very best of luck with it. We'll catch up with you on uh, drivingradio.com. All right. Thanks so much, Chris. And I also want to remind you about Equestrian Legends, another new show here on the network. And Equestrian Legends is actually bi-weekly. That's going to go live on the 1st and the 15th of each month. And we're now up to episode three, which was... Uh, issued this week that is posted at equestrianlegends.com this uh, episode episode three uh, it is features Kay Meredith who's of course a doyen of American dressage and I know uh, JJ you will remember Kay and what she's done for the sport 
Yeah, absolutely. It's. I just think it's great that we're going to have such a terrific vehicle to be able to hear about these people's lives and where they've trained and what they've done and how they've contributed to the sport because it's just so important to, to know the history and to know where you know, decisions that happen now, you know, are all uh, coming from the past. And it's just terrific. Uh, I just uh, put an asterisk down by my paper to make sure I check that out because, you know, it's just, that's our history and that's part of our sport. And she's still very much involved. And it's just great for everyone to kind of know, you know, where our sport has come from and, and to put a name and a, and a, and a voice to those people, I just think it's going to be really, really fun. Well, they're certainly fun to do, and they can be found at equestrianlegends.com or, of course, the podcast, as all of our Horse Radio Network podcasts are available as a free download on iTunes. So just go and update your the, the weekly shows and all of the shows that you like, and we have something for everyone. Just update those podcasts. They, as I said, they are free. You just subscribe to them on iTunes. Well, that just about wraps it up for this week. Um, but before we go here, and uh, I know we got you probably got to get back out into the heat of the day. Have you, JJ? Have you got uh, more teaching to do? Yep, yep. I have uh, one more horse to videotape for a sales client, and one more to take for a his uh, second outing of the day for a nice hack around the farm. So not not too much work yet, but. There's, there's never, it's never finished. <laughs> never finished. Well, I know it's all fun. It's all good fun. And I hope uh, you've enjoyed uh, and you find it fun to, on, on the show. And I hope you'll come back again regularly. Yeah, thank you so much, Chris. It's just been so much fun. I, you know, I can talk about horses all day long. <laughs> Everyone who knows me knows that I just never, I, I just never shut up about about horses, the sport, you know, just all of it. I, I just love it, and it was really fun to um, have a little birthday dinner with you and get to know you a little bit better. So I just really look forward to you know the shows, and I just think it's just again I keep saying this over and over again, just what an awesome thing it is to be able to bring, you know, people's voices uh, into their living rooms. I just think it's so such a special program, and I'm, I'm, terrific. I'm just happy to be a part of it. Well, we're delighted to have you, and I know you're going to bring interesting people along too as we go forwards here, and uh, we're going to talk about all aspects of the sport one way or the other. And if you have any questions for JJ at all, any training questions, any questions about young horse programs, I know there's, uh, of course, the big young horse uh, competition coming up at Lamplight, and you'll be off to that, won't you, at the end of the month, JJ? Yes. Yep, we're absolutely we're going to be leaving on Monday the 22nd of August to make the fairly long drive to Chicago, but it's in my old stomping ground, so I'm excited to get back to the Midwest, and uh, we'll be there all week, and yeah, it, uh, it's always just so fun to see the top horses in the country, uh, four or five and six-year-olds, and then I have a nice horse, uh, Fabergé, that I'll be competing in the developing horse, which is a seven to nine-year-old's. So that'll be, it'll be a really fun show. And Lamplight's a beautiful facility, so that's always a great time. Terrific. Well, you'll come back and tell us about that. And I know you were going to uh, get Scott Hassler back on the show, too, with you to talk about Young Riders. So maybe we can tee that up for uh, the beginning of uh, September, even. Yeah, that would be perfect. And then we can uh, also, yeah, talk about the championships and where the sport's going. And he'll be fresh home from Ferdinand. I think he's leaving tonight to go over to Germany for the uh, World Breeding uh, Championship. So, 
yeah, it's kind of the young horse month. So we loved it. We love to talk about it. <laughs> All right. Terrific. Well, we will make sure that happens uh, in a few weeks time here on the Dressage Radio Show. Don't forget, you can check out our show notes at dressageradio.com. And you can also listen to us on your iPhone, your smartphone by downloading the Hallway Feeds app. If you on our website, don't forget to check out the Audible free trial offer and to do some shopping directly there to Amazon on the on the uh, website. And also, if you're on Facebook, please join us at uh, Dressage Radio. Just search for Dressage Radio and join the community that we've built on there. We'd love to hear from you, as always. And uh, I know that uh, my friend here, JJ, is a big tweeter. You're active on Facebook. You tweet as well and uh, we've had some su- you've had some suggestions I should say to uh, ideas about what we can talk about on the show from a lot of your friends and fans there on Yeah, absolutely. I I just thought I would throw it out there on my Facebook page and got all kinds of different um reactions. So that'll be fun to sort of sort through those and and see what we can come up with for future episodes. And remind everybody how they can follow you on Twitter. Uh Twitter is also at Jessica Joe Tate. And uh, my Facebook page is also Jessica Joe Tate as well as Team Tate Dressage. And my website is team, uh, www.team-tatedressage.com. Terrific. All right. And you can reach me here as always, Chris at horseradionetwork.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, I'd love to hear from you. And if you have any for JJ, I'll make sure to pass those along too. Well, that about wraps it up. It's been a great show. Thanks again to my co-host, JJ Tate, and also to all my guests, Alice Collins and uh, Wendy Ying, of course, uh, our new driving radio co-host, and, and of course, Jeremy Steinberg with the USDF's report, and not least of all, our new North America junior young rider, gold medalist, Isabel Liebling. I will be back, of course, same time, same place next week. So until then, thank you all for listening.